Now, this year, our trip tips have been written by members of the Backseaters Club. We asked people to write in and tell us their trip tip, and the five best ones have been chosen to be on this CD. So, let's find out what goes on in the minds of Backseaters with trip tip number six. No, no, hang on, Dave! Dave! We've done the big introduction. Just get on with the trip tips. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I just like hearing the way the guy goes, trip, tips... Well, it's just a voiceover technique, Dave. Anyone can do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Wow. Well, let me have a go. How does this sound? Stig? Just get the trip tip girl. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Stig. Show off. Trip tip number six has been sent in by Petra Cornell from Belgrave in Victoria. Petra writes, don't feed anyone in the car licorice and or prunes. If anyone in the car does eat licorice and or prunes, remember to take a shovel and plenty of toilet paper. Trip tips. Oh, that's gross. Is that what the kids out there are thinking? Goodness me. Now, if you'd like to be a member of the Backseaters Club, just go to www.belinda.com. Okay, now it's time for the first chapter of our story, The Trip Diaries. Now, as you know, the first Trip Diaries was narrated by Stidge Wymy, and it was a huge success. Well, not just here in Australia, but also in America. In fact, Stidge has just returned from the USA, where he's been on a promotional tour for the book. So, to narrate the first chapter of the Trip Diaries 2, would you please welcome back Stidge Wymy, Hey, thanks. Thanks very much. It's, like, totally awesome to be here. You guys rock, man. Stidge, um... What have you done to your teeth? Dude, like I've totally had them whitened. Well, can you just stop smiling? They're blinding me. Oh, okay, no problem. I've also had a facelift. I've had collagen injected into my lips. And, you know, I'm learning to speak louder. Um, what's with the accent? You know what? It's all part of my American makeover. After all, I'm the narrator of the Trip Diaries. Yeah, but the Trip Diaries is an Australian story. It has to be told by an Australian voice. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But not in the American version. American version? Yeah. Like, you know, the publishers felt that the Trip Diaries 1 was a little too Aussie. Is that how you say it? Aussie? Anyway, the, the publishers felt we had to globalise the content to make it, like, more accessible to the American market. How can you tell a story about kidnapped koalas with a fake American accent? Well, to be, like, totally honest with you, in the American version, it's not about koala bears. It's about squirrels. Squirrels. Are you nuts? No, but that would have been a good gag. I wish we'd thought of that. What other changes have you made? Oh, like nothing major, just the stuff that Americans wouldn't understand. We changed mum to mom, Commodore to Chevy, and Cordial to Root Beer. Root Beer? Uh-huh. And we had to change some of the names, of course, like Nick is now Scooter, Rodney is Randy, and we went with Candy for Julia. Candy and Randy Trip. 
Oh, yeah. And we've set the whole thing in Disneyland to give it a, like, a warmer, happier feel. In the end, the entire trip family get to meet Mickey Mouse. It's very, very moving. Well, you know, that's just ridiculous. I'm going to speak to the publishers about this. That's like a totally awesome idea. You can get your people to call their people. Maybe you could do lunch, dude. I don't have any people, and I don't do lunch. I eat it, dude. Okay, totally. So you like, have a nice day. Will you stop speaking like that? Hey, it's your dime. It's not my dime. It's my ten cents. Now cut the twang and give me a dinky dye Aussie accent or dead set I'll give you a clip around the ears. Yeah, right, I mate. I'll have a crack. Better. Hit the intro, Dave. Okay, Mr. Big Shot American narrator. Narrate. And no squirrels. No problem. Uh, I mean, no worries. The Trip Diaries 2, Chapter 1, The Nuller. The Nullarbor, that's all the big brown sign says. Not even the Nullarbor Plain, which is really what it should say because that's its full name. Dad reckons they leave the plane bit off on purpose. If I advertised it was plain, no one would ever drive on it, he says, pulling a U-turn and parking the Commodore on the edge of the road beside the big brown sign. My big sister Julia drapes herself across the bonnet, sighing dramatically. She reckons this trip is one huge yawn fest. She's 16 and would rather be at home with Scott. That's her boyfriend. My little brother Jamie pulls himself out through the window and sits cross-legged on the roof. He's only nine, so he doesn't really care where he is or how he gets there, as long as he's got his Game Boy and a constant supply of barbecue chips. I'm Nick, the middleman, 13 and a bit, no longer an apprentice teenager, the real thing. I peel myself out of my sweaty seat and lean against the car next to Mum. Hurry up, Rodney, my skin will fry out here, she says, shielding her eyes from the sun with her arm. Dad has the camera around his neck and is squinting through the viewfinder. He's done this at every landmark we've come to since we left Melbourne. He reckons it'll be a documentary of the three things he loves most. His family, his country and his car. I can just see him showing Grandpa the entire collection when we get home, describing in detail exactly where we are, how long it took to get there, and how well the Commodore was performing in the conditions. Poor old Grandpa will have to sit there listening for hours, pretending he's interested, and that he can see. Righto, you lot, big smile! Enthuses Dad. I just stare, my smile flaked out with heat exhaustion. In front of me, Julia swats at a blowfly, and I sense the rest of my family's happy faces are equally dehydrated. Perfect, says Dad, snapping the shot, and I imagine how different it'll be from the first photo he took outside Skilled Stadium. Back then, we all looked like preppies on our first day of school. Now look at us. Mum with her tanned legs and rolled-up cargo pants. Julia with her shirt tied above her tummy and a bandana in her hair like she's a contestant on Survivor. And us boys... Bare-chested. Dad with his singlet tucked under his hat like an Arab sheik. We're like a different family. All brown and grubby and sweaty. What's the last one on the roll? Says Dad, holding up the camera so we can hear the whir of the film rewinding. Any more in the case? You were meant to buy one at the chemist when you went to get Jamie's no-gas. Says Mum. And with impeccable timing, Jamie lets go with a smelly reminder that Dad had forgotten to get either. No film, he mumbles, taking the canvas water bag off the grill of the Commodore. Can't take on the nuller without film. He unscrews the lid, lifts the bag up to his mouth and some of the water dribbles down his chin. He loves that water bag, reckons it's the world's greatest invention, even though he's never been able to explain exactly how it works. 
I get that the canvas is porous so air can pass through to cool the water. But if the canvas is porous to let the air in, how come it doesn't let the water out? Mum walks to the front of the car and grabs the world's greatest invention. What do you need a film for anyway? She takes a swig and rubs a handful of water on the back of her neck. Nothing to take a photo of out here except red dust. Dad sighs, and I can tell our lack of enthusiasm for his round-the-continent-in-40-days adventure is starting to wear him down. He opens his mouth to speak, but there's a sudden loud blast from an air horn behind us. We swing around, and there, barrelling towards us, is a massive 18-wheel semi-trailer, lights on full, air horns screaming. Flippin' fridge magnets! Shouts Dad, his eyes wide with horror. The truck is less than 50 metres away and there is another vehicle beside it. A car hemmed in between the truck and the edge of the road. Its wheels drifting dangerously in and out of the red dust. This wall of moving metal takes up the whole width of the road and the Commodore's right in the line of fire. Get off, kids! Get away from the car! Dad yells, clutching Mum's wrist with one hand and scooping Jamie off the roof with the other. Julia and I leap to the ground just seconds before the enormous truck thunders past, the rush of wind making the Commodore shake violently. The other car veers off the road, just misses the Commodore and bounces across the dirt, coming to rest in a cloud of red dust. Up ahead, the back of the speeding semi thunders into the distance, air horns still blaring, a cartoon drawing of a cheeky cat in a top hat grinning back at me. We're all huddled together with Dad's arms around us like a big blanket. Even covered in red, his face is white. Everyone all right? He breathes and we nod, too stunned to say anything. We get to our feet and Dad heads for the other car, a red BMW.